guys, welcome to Kristen in the City podcast, a podcast where absolutely nothing is out of bounds. Every Monday, we're going to dive into some hot topics and we're going to discuss some things that we all go through. You're not alone. So grab your wine, grab your popcorn or turn the volume up in your car because we're going to laugh, maybe even cry together because you all know life is a lot. So I'm your host, Kristen, and let's get real. Well, hello, everybody, and happy Monday. I hope that y'all are having the best day ever, as usual. I'm going to say it again. You guys, we knocked out another week of quarantine, and I don't know if I'm the only one, but I feel like this quarantine situation has been making time go by so freaking fast, and it might be because I've been sleeping until noon every day. I don't know. I'm legit nocturnal. I've been going to sleep at like 3.30, 4 o'clock, waking up at noon, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Time is not of the essence right now. It's fine. Um, but I will admit something to you too, because it's been going by so fast. Normally I like to record either on Saturday or Sunday. That way I have Monday morning or Monday afternoon for me, (laughs) um, to kind of like edit, make everything pretty and crispy and then get it published. But today is Monday. I'm recording on a Monday. So, uh, the day that you'll be hearing this, if you listen on Mondays is a damn recording. So it's a super, super fresh episode. It's like perfectly timed. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing all day. I guess it's let's see what time it is. It's 3.44. So hopefully I will have this up later in the evening. Um, But I'm going to be glued to my computer for the rest of the day, which is fine because there's nothing else to do, right? Um, But I just heard about 15, 20 minutes ago that we're going to start opening things back up on Friday. You guys, I'm like dancing right now. You can't really see, but I'm dancing. And I know that there are some people that think it's way too early and, you know, they're freaking out, tripping out and all that stuff. And then there's other people like me, I have to admit, that I'm pretty excited that I might possibly be able to pay my bills soon. Like, that's pretty dope. Um, if you're one of these people who think it's too soon, like, that's, you know, that's fine. That's totally cool. But there are some people who literally cannot pay their bills right now because they do not have a job. And that's scary. Not everybody um, has the resources and everything to make it. Thankfully I do. I'm super, super blessed that, um, like for instance, I called Mercedes and they, um, kind of pushed my payment back a couple months. So I didn't have to worry about paying that $516 a month. So thankfully they approved that. So I don't have to pay my car payment until June, but if this kept getting prolonged, then what? Like I don't have a job right now. And timing has been so weird for me. I'm not going to say it's been like the worst because everything and anything could always be worse. But um, I don't know if you know this. I mentioned it in like a few episodes ago. But basically, I worked at Neiman Marcus, right? And uh, I finished real estate school and I've had a job or I've had a real estate job since January with Smart City Apartment Locating. And they are super dope. Like basically my dream job, I landed and um, I finished real estate school and I was literally about to schedule my real estate test. Um, but right in the middle when I gave my resignation, so my last day was supposed to be on the 27th of March and my start date was March 30th for smart city. So I gave my two weeks notice. I think it was on the 17th and right in the middle of that Neiman Marcus closed, everything closed, everything shut down, including the testing centers for my real estate exam. So that means I couldn't start smart city, um, in time because of the testing centers. Thankfully, they're super, super cool. They're understanding. Um, they're keeping me. They like me. So thank God for that. They're, they're a godsend for real. Um, but basically, this whole time, I have not had a job. And I have not had a job since 
probably I was 19, 18, you know, some like I've had a job my entire adulthood life, right? So it's been really weird for me. And basically, I'm just excited that I can start my new chapter because this is a brand new chapter for me. I'm getting into my dream career. Um, it's not just a job. A job is something that I would define as like that can t- just cover your bills, but it's a pain in the ass to go to. But a career for me is something that you work towards that you love, that you genuinely love doing every single day. And so I'm ready to start that. You know, I'm ready to start making money. I'm ready to start getting my life back on track. So if you're one of those people who think it's too soon, like that's totally fine. I, you know, I can see where you're coming from, um, but just keep continuing to do what you do. Keep continuing to stay in the house and self-quarantine if you think that that's, um, you know, what you want to do. But the people who need to work and who need to pay their bills, let them do that as well. So that is something that I try to voice to so many people. And, you know, I'm hypocritical of this. Other, I'm guilty of doing this sometimes. But people have to understand that it is okay to have different opinions. It's okay. Like, it's totally fine. Nobody is right or wrong necessarily. Um, everybody has gone through different things to make them um, act a certain way. So uh, don't be so mad about someone who has a different opinion than you because they might be in a whole different bracket of life or something that they need to have a job or maybe they need to still self stay self-quarantined because they have an immune uh, compromised system. Like either way it goes, we all have a reasoning for our opinions and it is okay to disagree with one another. Totally fine. But I am glad that we're starting to, you know, roll out some new rules and regulations to get our life back on track. I am super excited for it. So yeah, that's my spill on that. But as you see from the title today, we're going to be talking about Um, something that's very, very, uh, important to me. And that's my story. It's a long one. You guys, I don't know how long this podcast is going to last, but, um, I'm not going to leave anything out. I'm going to be completely authentic. I'm going to be real. I'm going to share some things that I'm really not too proud of, but you know, everybody has something in their life that they're not proud of, but it makes us who we are today. And it makes our testimony even that much better. So I hope that, uh, you find this episode. Well, I was going to record this first. I I think this was going to be my first episode, but I was like, no, I want people to kind of hear how I talk and kind of hear why I think the way that I do. And then I want to share my story. And I would like to say that I'm ready, but there's always some fear that I have going into talking about some of the most vulnerable parts of my life because, you know, nobody wants to be judged necessarily. And there are going to be some that listen to this and they do judge me and that's fine. Uh, But more importantly, I don't really want this to be about me necessarily. Like it is my story. Um, But more than anything, it's a uh, rescue mission um, that I want to highlight. And the person that rescued me is God. Um, (laughs) And I don't really even mean to exaggerate that. That's truly what it was. It was a complete 100% rescue mission um, for my life. So I hope that you can appreciate that. And I hope that this message uh, serves you well. And uh, I'm really excited, but kind of scared, kind of anxious about it. But more than anything, I want you to get Jesus out of this. And if you are not a believer, that's fine. Um, Whatever you believe in, uh, whatever that might be, if that rescued you, then you'll be able to relate to it because we all have things in our life that may be different, but something hopefully has saved you from yourself. So I hope that you enjoy it, but let's get right into it. Okay, so once upon a time, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm not going to start it off this way because this is a real life uh, story. (laughs) Um, But I guess it kind of started off really when I moved out of my parents' house into my first apartment. So I lived kind of by the DFW airport in the Irving area. So probably like 20 minutes west of Dallas, I guess you could say. Somewhere in that area. 
Um, did I just use West? Like, who do I think that I am? Christopher Columbus? Like, I don't even know my directions like that. I just guessed. But I guess it would be West. We're going to say West, all right? Anyway, so I moved into my first apartment and having that, like, freedom, I guess you could say, kind of really started uh, this spiral downward, <laughs> I guess you could say. But at the time, I would consider it a really, really great time. But now looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was the start of something not great. Um, so yeah, I worked at Nordstrom at the time. And if you know me, I've been a makeup artist since basically forever. Always been a makeup artist. I worked at Nordstrom and I worked for Laura Mercier. I worked for um, that company for a really long time. Um, but yeah, living in my first apartment was... <laughs> something else and I think it's that way for everybody because you finally are like I get to do what I want like I get to have whoever over do what I want you know just do whatever you want um so I really 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 started getting into like smoking weed I was smoking weed like every single day and I was I had this like weird obsession with the strip club okay <laughs> so embarrassing to say now that I have the mindset that I do but we're not leaving anything out okay I was addicted to the strip club. I was there almost every single weekend and uh, yeah, it was the place to be. And I, it, the one that I always chose to go to was Ecstasy. So if you're from the DFW area or even if you're not, I feel like you know what Ecstasy is. Um, it's a strip club it, that stays open until five o'clock in the morning. So as soon as you would leave the club at 2 a.m., the party wasn't over. Like we headed right to the strip club. And um, I couldn't sit here and tell you why I was like so obsessed with it the way that I was. Um, it's kind of like something that I always reflect on. I'm like, why did I like to go to the strip club so much? Like, that's so weird. But I can pretty much probably tell you it was for attention. Like, if you were a girl and loved to go to the strip club, like, that's something, right? Like, you're like, oh, dang, this girl likes to go to the strip club. Like, she's different. She's cool. Um, she's cool as hell, you know? Um, I think that that was most of it. But I think more than anything, it was just because I liked that kind of culture. So at this point, um, you know, I was 21, I think, right? Yeah. 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 I was 21, maybe like going into 22 years old. So yeah, I love the strip club. So I would go out all of the time and uh, hit the strip club afterward. Now at this time, I really, really loved Dallas. Okay. So I've loved Dallas probably since, I don't know, probably when I was in high school, like I loved Dallas anytime I would go, which was not that often, because if you're from a small town, like how I was going to Dallas was like a trip, right? Even though it was only like maybe 50 minutes to an hour to get there like that's a trip but anytime I would drive up on the Dallas skyline I would just be like oh my god I love this city so much like I'm going to live here one day I don't care what I have to do to get here but I'm, I'm gonna live here swear to you um so when I moved to Irving I got closer I got 30 minutes closer but still going to Dallas was like something that I wanted to do like any any opportunity I had right so I loved it and um, being that much closer just made my urge to move to Dallas even like that greater. So I was able to go out there more often because it was closer, um, but I still was not content with being that far away. So I wanted to be all up in the mix. Um, so like I said, I was working at Nordstrom and uh, my lease was up at the apartment by the airport. And so I still worked in, what was that town? Bedford? You know, Euless? Like Bedford, Euless area, which I lived uh, 20 minutes away. So from there. So I wanted to move to Dallas. Um, but if I did, that means that the trip to work would be about mm, 45 minutes, okay? In no traffic. But for whatever reason, um, you know, when I have my mind set to something, if I want something, I'm doing it. Like, I don't. I, I would love to be able to say that I think about it, but I don't. I just kind of 
make rash decisions. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, like, let's go for it. So my lease was up and I told my parents, I'm like, hey, I'm moving to Dallas. And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, I, I'm moving there. They're like, but you, but you work and you work like so far away. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'm still going to move there. <laughs> and they're like, well, and I'm like, look, I'm going to move. And then when I move, I'll have a better chance of getting a job in Dallas. And they're like, okay, it makes no sense, but do whatever you want to, I guess. And so I did. Um, I moved to Dallas and I finally got what I wanted. Like, uh, I'm living basically five minutes out of downtown. Like I had the downtown view. I lived in a really, really great area. Um, I moved to an apartment that was in Trinity Groves, um, which is, you know, it's like kind of West Dallas, but it's literally just right. Like you go over a bridge and downtown's right there. So super cute area. They have a whole bunch of cute restaurants and I moved into the apartments before they were even done being built. So had this really nice apartment, got a really good deal on it. And I was in the mix of everything. And at that time, like, I cannot tell you the feeling that I felt inside. Like I felt like I could just burst with just excitement. Like I had finally, um, for years I have been dreaming about being here and here I am. So I was like over the moon. Like I truly felt like, wow, this is, this is like life-changing and it really, really was, um, in a lot of different ways. It was life-changing for the good and for the bad. So again, like I said, I was still working in Bedford, making that trip to work. And, uh, finally a, a job opening opened up actually at Neiman Marcus with the same brand. So, um, it was kind of like a transfer in a way, cause I, I was still employed by the same brand, but I was just switching retailers. So, um, I worked really, really hard for it. And I kind of, um, insisted like, Hey, like I'm in Dallas now, like, please move me. And so it happened. And, uh, at that point, I think I was living in Dallas for maybe like a, like t- a month or two, maybe like a month and a half or so. And, uh, once I landed that job, I cannot tell you, I felt like I was on top of the moon. I feel like nobody could tell me a damn thing to be quite honest with you. Um, and as soon as I started feeling that way, I kind of, that's when it started really getting out of control at this time, I might add to you, I was not a believer. And um, it's kind of, uh, not saying I was a believer is kind of hard to grasp, but I, I really wasn't. I did not believe in God. I, I remember having conversations conversations with my mom and she would talk to God about me and I would just be like so irritated that she was even bringing up God. I'm like, why are you even talking to me about that? Like, that's so like lame and weird, like get out of my face kind of. I was so um, turned off by even talking about Jesus, talking about God, talking about church. I thought people who um, trusted in the Lord and went to church were weirdos, quite frankly. And I was just hanging around like the people, like I was hanging around people who also weren't putting God at the top of their priority list. So it's no secret that I was following down the same path. And it even gotten to a point where I was having a conversation with a friend and uh, she asked me, she was like, do you believe in God? And I was like, no, I don't. She was like, well, like, why do you say that? And I feel like she was on the same page as me. Like, she didn't really believe in God either. Like, we were kind of, she was on the fence, but I was, like, completely, like, away from the idea that God even existed. And um, I was, she was like, why, like, why, why do you think that he doesn't exist? Or why do you think that people believe in God? And I said, and I remember exactly what I said. Um, I said, I think that people believe in God because it is a security blanket for people that go through things because they want to believe in the good. So, Um, they have faith because it's just easy. Like it's just something that uh, can be used as just like a kind of like, I guess, like a security blanket or beating around the bush or something like that. And she's like, oh my God, I believe in the same thing. And um, I really hate that I responded that way because I feel like she was maybe on the fence to believe on believing about God or believing in God. 
and uh, I steered her completely away in the total opposite direction. So yeah, um, I didn't believe in God at all. So, you know, I was still continuing to go out. So then now, now like I'm really in the mix. Like I am about five minutes away from Uptown. Um, at the time Uptown was the, the poppin' thing, like kind of like how Deep Ellum is right now. Um, but I met some friends through a mutual friend and, uh, basically I was in a part of a group that we went out every single chance that we could get. Um, we got as drunk as humanly possible. We got as high as humanly possible. Now I didn't dabble in any other like serious drugs cause I, I don't, I'm not about that life. Like the only thing I've ever done is really just drank and smoked weed. Um, but still I would, I lived for going out and being out in front of people and, uh, that's exactly what we did. Like I said, we got as messed up as possible and, uh, we wanted to bar hop as much as we possibly could. And that was the thing to do. And I think the reason, so everybody has their own reasons on why they like to go out. Some people like to get like really, really drunk and just like blackout. And (laughs) some people like to uh, get attention and some people like to be there for social media. Like everybody has their, their reasons for going out. And I can sit here and honestly say, I, Compared to the people that I was hanging around, I didn't drink as much as everybody else. Like, I was always that one person that never really got, like, belligerent like they did. I would always, I would get, like, tipsy. There would be a few nights where I would get drunk. But for the most part, I was always able to function and operate. Like, I would go home. Like, I didn't have to spend the night with anybody. Like, I could go home, chill out, and all that stuff. Um, But the reason why I love to go out, and I can honestly sit here and tell you this because I can reflect on it now. I don't go out at all anymore, to be honest with you. Um... I love to go out because I loved attention. Okay. That was my drug. Um, most people, some people do Coke or do (laughs) different kind of drugs. My drug was attention and I wanted it. Um, I don't know where this stems from. I, I really don't, but I craved attention. I craved getting super hot looking, uh, making my hair really cute, dressing in the sexiest outfits. I wanted to walk through the door and to be noticed. And I was, Um, I know that sounds conceited, but people noticed me and I loved it. As soon as I walked through the club door and people turned their heads toward me, I would just fill with just like this rush of good feeling. And I loved it. I loved people looking at me. I loved attention from guys. I loved it. I would pretend like I didn't like it, but I did. Um, I got some sort of like high off of guys coming up and talking to me and me being like, no, and denying them. Like I fed off of that. And, uh, it's so weird, like admitting that, but I mean, if you're in that position right now, or maybe you love attention as well, you can kind of like, you know, relate to that. But man, I loved it. And I was uh, surrounded by hot girls. We were just like a hot girl gang. And, um, yeah. And so just to kind of blend that story in with where I was working, I was working at Neiman Marcus North Park. And, um, if you've ever been in there before, you know, kind of the culture, there's famous people that come in there all the time, famous athletes, famous artists, rappers, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, people running in and out of there like crazy Dallas Cowboys players coming in there every day. You know, it wasn't unusual for us to see Zeke or Dak or whoever in there all the time. And, uh, so if you're surrounded by that culture all the time, right? So I'm surrounded Neiman Marcus. We have all the designer, all the bougie things, all the expensive things being like in that affects you. And, that might not make sense to you unless you've actually been there before, but I really want you to kind of understand like where I'm coming from. Like if you're around that 24 seven, like that's where you work and you live downtown. 
um, you start to live like this kind of, I don't know, alternate reality. Uh, you know, it's weird to kind of look back and be like, wow, I was really, really doing that, wasn't I? Um, so then, you know, once I started craving attention, I started craving attention um, in other ways, like at work and stuff when I would see, you know, professional athletes or famous people in there, I would like always want to look good because I wanted to be noticed. So now not only did I want to be noticed and look good out in clubs, but now I'm starting to dress a certain way at work. All my coworkers, if you've listened to this, you know, we all dressed super nice. Like you don't want, you don't, you can't really come into work looking ratchet or looking like crap. Um, we all, or me, I'll just speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I always wore really tight dresses that emphasize my curves. Um, I wore heels to work every single day. So I stood up for work pretty much eight hours a day and I was in heels every single day. Um, and I wanted to look good. I wanted people to notice me. I wanted to, I wanted people to stop. I wanted guys to stop and try to talk to me. Um, so after all of that, like it was a, uh, downward spiral. So, Again, I'm going out, I'm still going to this trip club, and I'm still just acting out, like, in different ways. And so, um, then I started kind of, like, you know, tiptoeing into having uh, inappropriate relationships with guys. And I cannot ever sit here and tell you that, like, I was, um, I guess, you, like, I'm not, I was not a hoe. But I did seek out relationships um, with males in a bad way. Um and I always wanted to talk to guys that had a lot of money, um, for whatever reason that is. <laughs> so everybody that I tried to talk to, um, they had a lot of money and I wanted to be seen as though, as if like I was with someone who had money. So I would go to the clubs with dudes that had money. Um, and I was just basically seen as that chick. And it is so embarrassing to say like, <sighs> I just was that chick. So, um, Yeah. I'm going through this whole time right now, still not being a believer, uh, drinking, going out, and just getting myself into just some stupid crap, you know, and uh, so yeah, that's like what my life was about, basically, go to work, my days off, I would chill by the pool, uh, post pictures of myself in my bikini, um, showing my butt, or, you know, and then on the weekends, we would go out on Saturday nights, stay up till five o'clock in the morning, and then on Sunday, go to brunch and do it all over again, like, it was just a constant cycle of, uh, just toxic behaviors, things that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, so then I specifically remember, um, uh, my cousin, um, she was talking to a guy. I'm not going to say any names. I don't even know if I remember his name. Mm, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but she was talking to a guy and he was actually very intelligent on just the way that he viewed life. And he was a believer and all that stuff. And, uh, he started getting my cousin's mind kind of turning about God. And now my you know, my cousin at the time, Michaela, she wasn't really a believer at the time either. Um, so she just started having conversations with this guy and she was kind of relaying these messages to me and saying like, Hey, um, he's saying this, like, can you believe that? And I'm like, wow, that, that's true. So now this guy has both of our wheels turning on, uh, you know, is God who he says he is like, or does he exist or all that stuff. So he's starting to get kind of both of us on track with believing that God is real um, I wasn't too like fond of it at first. I was like, eh, yeah, sounds good, but you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah. So then finally it just became a thing. I kept hearing it over and over and over again. And so I start getting curious. And, um, the moment that I started feeling curious is the, 
the point in my life where everything started changing. So um, if you're at the point right now in your journey where you're not quite 100% sold on that God is real, but you're curious about it, you are one step in the right direction because once you start get cu- getting curious about something, that has, n- like, once you start getting curious about anything, it doesn't have to be God. Once you start reading and researching into something, you're going down the right path, regardless of what that is. So as soon as I started getting curious, I started kind of questioning everything. Um, and so for the first time ever, I told my mom I would like to try to go to church. And my mom, I don't know what her, I've never even asked her kind of like what her reaction was when I said this, uh, but she probably like started jumping up for joy because like I said before, she has been trying to get me to listen um, to what she has to say about God or just start, you know, being curious about it. And so I sent her a text message um, and I, and I put Michaela in as well. So all three of us were in this group message and I said, Hey, I think I want to go to this church uh, called Watermark. And uh, she was like, okay, well, let's go. So it was that Sunday that I was like, Hey, let's go. So my mom drove from Alvarado and she brought Michaela and uh, yeah, I went to church for the first time in a very, very long time. And it was a Sunday service. And I remember Todd, um, our main preacher was preaching and uh, as much as I would love to be able to tell you that after that Sunday service, it completely changed my life, it didn't. Um, it actually made me kind of go a little bit farther away because um, the things that the preacher was talking about kind of turned me off because it was very um, intense. Like it was very like, okay, like it was all the way in, right? And so I got really turned off from it. And I, But the reason why I got turned off from it was because I was scared. Like I was like, oh my God, like, am I really living my life this way? Am I really like doing everything wrong? Like it feels so right. Like I feel good. Like, like what's going on? And, uh, I turned away from it for a few weeks. Um, but I remember like this part is always gives me goosebumps. I remember one night I just kind of was like, let me just try this praying thing out. Okay. Like, let me just try. And so I prayed and I said, God, like, if you are like who you say you are, can you just like, give me a sign Like, can you give me like a, an obvious sign that, you know, you are who you say you are. Um, I just need, I need that proof. Now, before I tell you what happened after that, I will tell you, uh, I grew up in church. Like I grew up going to Sunday school, going to vacation Bible school. Like I was raised in a Christian home. My grandparents, um, always, we always, I always went to church with my grandparents and I remember specifically my grandpa would always put a little dollar bill in the front of my Bible to give for offering and all that stuff, but it was never fun for me. And, um, my church likes to call it a dead church. So it's going to church, but it's kind of just more of a routine, more of like you being stimulated and being, um, kind of convicted to share the gospel and, uh, to change your life. Right. So I was kind of going to a dead church and, um, you know, we stood up, we, we sang hymns, um, we passed the offering plate around, but it was just very like blah, you know, and I'm, I'm sure we've all been to a church like that. Um, but I said I believed in God and I was baptized at a very young age, but I truly didn't grasp uh, what, you know, Jesus dying on the cross meant for me. I didn't, I didn't really know that. Like I could, I could tell you what happened, but it didn't uh, resonate in my life in a way that changed my life. So I was raised in a Christian home. So it's not like I was just like all off in the left field, like forever, you know? So now that you have that backstory on um, how I was raised, 
uh, yeah, after I went to the church service for the first time, I was a little turned off and went right back to kind of doing what I wanted to do. And uh, I, re- I remember specifically uh, one weekend, I went out to Uptown and uh, after it closed, we went to uh, Ecstasy, which was that strip club I was telling you about, like normal, normal routine. And um, I walked through the door and now granted, I, I was drunk, okay? And or high, maybe both. At this point, it was probably both. And I walked into the strip club sat down and I started to look around me and I felt very funny. I felt, um, uneasy and I started to feel sick and not the sick where like I was wanting to throw up from being drunk. Like it wasn't like that. Like I wasn't wasted. I was just like tipsy. Like I was just feeling good. Right. And I was looking around and I just immediately looked around and was disgusted by my environment. Um, I felt very weird, and honestly, at that point at the table, I started to tear up. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. So I started to feel very weird, and I started to um, start to shake a little bit, and I got very, very nauseous. And I so I turned to my friend, and I was like, hey, I need to go. And she was like, why are you, are you good? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I just need to go. And she was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And so I um, scheduled an Uber and I Ubered home. And the whole night I was so nauseous to the point where I was just throwing up constantly. And it wasn't like me being sick and like throwing up like because I was hungover or something because I wasn't that, I wasn't like messed up enough to even do that. So I was nauseous and I couldn't even like function. I was so nauseous. And so immediately my first response was like, I got to call my mom, right? Because anytime I'm feeling any kind of way or I'm sick, I call my mom. I don't care. I will always call my mom if I don't feel well. Don't care. (laughs) Um, But I felt terrible. And so I couldn't sleep that night. I was just like feeling so nauseous. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. So woke up the next day, felt normal um, and felt well again. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell that was, but that was different. And so, yeah, um, I kind of the next day I was like, why did I feel that way? But again, ignored it and just kind of like pushed past it. So next weekend rolls by, did the same thing. Um, I didn't go to the strip club this weekend, um, but I went out. And as soon as I walked through the, uh, the club doors, I had that weird nauseous feeling come back again. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, why am I feeling this way? And so I left and went home, same situation, throwing up, felt nauseous, felt just, just so uneasy. I can't even begin to explain to you how I was feeling. I was feeling just so sick. Um, and when I went out that one weekend, the, the past time, I didn't drink at all. Okay. So there was no reason for me to feel nauseous. Cause I was like, maybe I did drink too much. I don't know. But I felt this way and had not one drop of alcohol. So I'm like, okay, something's going on. Something's weird. So then I'm thinking something's going on. (laughs) Um, So again, I ignored it. And uh, the next weekend, I went over to a dude's house. And uh, it was somebody I was talking to at the time. And, uh, you know, engaged in an inappropriate relationship, whatever. And um, I felt, so I laid down and I felt the same way. I felt like I was going to be sick and I felt nauseous and I felt like my world was like about to end like I felt so bad and so again I ordered an uber or maybe I drove home I don't know but um I left and he was about five minutes away from me and uh same thing again like sick 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 and so okay something's going on so I googled and I and I swear to you this is what I googled I googled and I said can you 
feel sick or nauseous from anxiety. And I found all these articles, like page after page after page, um, you know, with these people online wondering the same thing, like, can you feel nauseous from anxiety? And so all these people were saying, yeah, like if you're having an anxiety attack of some sort, you can absolutely be nauseous, sick, you know, not well. And when I say sick, I don't mean just throwing up. Like, I'm not even going to get into that. You know what I mean? But I was just sick. Couldn't even move my head hardly. And so, yeah, basically I was reading from there on out that um, anxiety kind of reaches people in different ways. Like some people have anxiety attacks where like their heart is racing and, you know, they, they can't breathe. Um, but there are some people who suffer from anxiety that if they're put in a situation that makes them anxious or they're having some sort of attack or a panic episode, that they get really, really sick and nauseous. And I was like, oh my God, this entire time um, within the past month or so that I've been feeling nauseous. I'm having an anxiety attack, like I'm having anxiety, which is so weird to me because I've always been someone who's kind of never understood anxiety. I'm like, okay, you're having an anxiety attack for what? (laughs) And here I am having the same thing, but maybe even worse because I can't even like for a whole, you know, eight hours, I'm like throwing up nonstop. So, uh, yeah, I was having anxiety. And so I'm sitting there one day and I'm like, oh my God, uh, not even a month ago, I prayed to God and I said, God, If you are who you say you are, can you make something very well known to me that you exist, that you're a thing, that you're real, um, that I need to start going on your path? And he did it, y'all. And I, I promise you to this day, the reason how he got my attention that I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing or that, you know, I was doing things that was not serving me well, um, he made it well known and he... I'm telling you, he gave me this anxiety issue to let me know and to be cautious of like the fact like, hey, you're doing some things that are not doing that is going to damage you in the future. Um, And to this day, y'all, I have anxiety in that exact same way. Um, To this day, I experienced it maybe a month ago. The same thing happened to me because I was doing something um, and it led to me having another anxiety attack. So to this day, I still have those anxiety attacks to the point where it makes me sick. So after uh, that last episode of, you know, me having anxiety and being sick for a whole day, um, I started dabbling into maybe going to church again. And uh, I had a friend, Josh, that Watermark was his church too. And so he would always post that he was there. And uh, I heard about him, you know, being at this, this service called The Porch. And so On Tuesday nights, Watermark has a service just strictly for young adults in their 20s and 30s, and it's just kind of like a service that's more based or geared to young adults, so it's a little bit more relaxed. It kind of, um, you know, it's a different pastor, and his name was JP, and he did a really good job about resonating um, messages about Christ to young adults, because we can all agree it's different. Like, Sunday services are a little bit different um, than a youth service, so he posted that he was at the porch and I was like interested. And I said, you know, I told my cousin Michaela who, uh, who I mentioned before was kind of dabbling in, you know, is he real is he not or whatever. And so I, I, I wanted to go to the porch. I wanted to see what that was about. And I went by myself. And, uh, at this point I had already been to that church one time, that Sunday service that I told you about that I went with my mom and my cousin. Um, but the very first time that I went to the porch, I went by myself. And, uh, I don't really know why I decided to do that, but like, Hey, let's, like, let's do it. I think it was more so that I didn't want to uh, admit or kind of talk about, 
you know, maybe something that I was interested in because I was ashamed. Like, and, like I didn't really believe that God was the way. So I'm like, well, I just want to kind of scope this up by myself. Like, I want to, I just want to see for real if he's not real by myself. Okay. So like, let me be. <laughs> um, so I remember walking into the porch. It started at seven o'clock or seven oh five. And uh, I walked through and I just felt um, nervous, anxious, kind of a little bit, but more than anything, I was curious. And so I walked in and if you've, you know, I don't know, some of you might've been a watermark before, but if you, if you haven't, watermark's pretty big. Um, it's a huge auditorium. It's, there's a level, there's like level one. And then there's also like a, uh, balcony area to sit. So it's pretty big, pretty big church. So I walked in and, um, automatically the door, I'm just greeted by these people who were just so full of joy and they're just so excited that I'm, that I'm there. They're like, Hey, welcome to the porch. Like, here's this handout, like have a great time. And I'm just like, why are all these people so happy? Like, is this a cult or something? Like what's going on? Like, this is freaking weird. I almost turned around. <laughs> um, but I walked into the auditorium and I still have that sense of like, Ugh, I don't know what to, what to do. So I sat down kind of like in the back area, kind of like on the edge, you know, I didn't want to like you know, uh, interact with too many people. Like I'm still kind of like, okay, you know, I don't know what's happening. Um, but I sat down and I went for the message to start. Right. And I'm still kind of feeling like, God, I feel out of place because everybody is kind of congregated into groups. Um, people are like, you know, looking like they're having the best time. Like they, you know, it kind of reminded me of the groups that congregate at clubs. And I'm like, okay, this cannot be as fun as the club. Y'all need to calm down, like chill out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then the, uh, worship, um, uh, portion of the service started and I'm like wow y'all have a whole band like this is kind of tight like okay y'all got a little bit of rhythm oh she's got a voice okay cool so at this time all the lights are out and people start to worship and stuff like that and at first I was like y'all are some freaking weirdos y'all have y'all's hands in the air um y'all need to chill out like y'all need to join some real fun and get out of the church okay I gotta get it um but then all of a sudden and I remember this exact moment the song so will I uh, came on and who sings that song? Is it Elevation Worship? I don't know. So will I. You, if you're, you know, listen to worship music, you know what song I'm talking about. And, uh, God, I'm not going to get emotional again. Um, when that song came on, I felt probably the most peace that I've ever felt in my life. It was like, almost like just a wash of, um, just serenity just draped over me. And for the first time, I felt like everything's going to be okay. Um, for the first time I felt safe. I felt, um, I really just felt like the Holy Spirit kind of just was just over me saying like, you're home. You're like, you're, you're where you're supposed to be. <sighs> and so, and like, I get emotional because like, I still remember what that felt like. And so when people, uh, talk about their interactions with the Holy Spirit and stuff. Like, I understand what they meant. And if you would have told me that before, I'd have been like, y'all are weird. But I truly remember what that felt like. And I'll never forget the feeling as long as I live. And uh, I just, in the middle of the worship section, started to just kind of like tear up like how I am now. And I was wiping my face and kind of trying to hide the fact that like I'm emotional or whatever because like I said before, I don't really show emotion that much. Um, but I started to feel just so happy and joyful and all of that stuff. I felt so good. And, uh, so I kind of just sat down a little bit. I just sat down and kind of just like rested my elbows on my, my uh, legs and kind of just had my head down and was listening to the music. And, uh, 
two girls that were sitting beside me, um, they put their hands over me, that they put, they draped their arms around my shoulders and, uh, they didn't say anything. They just had their hands around me and I lost, I was bawling at this point, bawling my eyeballs out in church. Um, which was so, I felt so stupid, but at the same time, I, I didn't feel stupid all the way. I felt more at peace. Um, but that little part of me that was feeling stupid was a little bit, uh, that the enemy was clinging onto that little bit that he had left of me, that little tiny bit, he was holding onto that. And that was, uh, the last, the last little hold, I guess, that the enemy had of me at the time was telling me like, Hey, you're stupid for crying. And like, why are you crying over something that you don't even know all the information yet? Like, why are you doing that? Um, but the enemy didn't have the majority of it more than anything. I felt the peace. So after that, the worship section was over. And at this point I looked a hot mess. My makeup was smeared everywhere. And, uh, you know, I had my front camera on on my phone and I was kind of like trying to look decent again because now the lights are on right now everybody can see and that reminds me of like the the club lights coming on at the end of the night and people can now truly see how you actually look uh you don't have that darkness kind of like you know shadowing how you really look and it it's crazy how I was making all these comparisons to church to the club but it was just something that I had to compare to make sense of it all right um so yeah and uh, I remember um JP was Jonathan Picluda. He was our uh, pastor at the time. And, you know, uh, people always say like, it's not the pastor that brings you to Christ or that brings you to redemption. It's, it's the, it's the message. It's the Lord. But JP has such an eloquent way of talking about the word and talking about Jesus to where it truly resonates with you and it makes sense. And for me, someone who was a new believer, I needed somebody like that, that could eloquently put the message together into a way that I could um, understand it. And I remember that message that he was talking about that night. Um, he was just talking about like what you choose to do in your 20s or in your early part of your life will have a direct correlation to how your life is going to be in the future and how, you know, reaping the benefits of your 20s right now. Um, it's going to have so many more benefits later. And it's talking about the fruit um, that you could potentially grow from the decisions that you make now. And just basically, it seemed like he was talking to me. I know we have all been to a church service that it felt like he was talking directly towards you. But man, this was like on another level. I felt like he was talking to me. He was talking about, you know, getting out of the clubs, getting out of the bars, quit getting drunk, quit doing these things that temporarily feel good, um, but have all of this negative effects so much afterwards. And it was like, he was talking about my anxiety issues on how I felt nauseous and sick every time I went out. And he was talking to me and I left that place new. I had no question. I was not turning back. Um, I knew that from this point forward, I was going to make smarter choices. I was going to completely turn my life around. I was going to come to this porch service every Tuesday and I was going to be here every Sunday. I was going to become a member um, at this church. And I remember them talking about members and I was like, y'all are members of this? Like, are y'all in a cold? Like what's happening? But I was going to be a part of that family. I was going to be that person that, you know, was at the door welcoming everybody and, and saying like how excited I was that you were there. I went all in. And when I tell you I went all in, y'all, if you know my story, I became a member at that church. I became a community group leader. I was leading six women. Um, somebody, me, who was like broken, who had a terrible past, who made terrible choices. I was leading six women um, 
in community and I was uh, doing that and I was leading Bible studies. Like who did I think I was in that short amount of time, right? I got baptized. I went on my first first mission, mission trip to Haiti. I was sharing the gospel in a third world country. If that doesn't tell you what God is capable of, I don't know. That I, That's something that I was not capable of. I couldn't even go out and uh, not throw up. <laughs> so if I can't even do that, what I can't take credit for anything that God did. He transformed my life. And now, like, you know, I have gone through ups and downs and every believer has done that. So I can't sit here and tell you that it's been a perfect journey from like when I started going to church to now because I have gone through ups and downs. I have continued to make mistakes. I've continued to probably not do the best. But the difference is, is that I know that there's redemption. I know that that's not the end of my story. I know that there is more. And so you guys, now I wake up (laughs) and I read the Bible every day. I do Bible studies and I pray and I pray for people that I don't even like anymore or I just do things that if you would have told me that I was that I was going to be doing this three years ago I would laugh in your face and be like me Kristen wake up and read the bible every day you're out of your marbles like truly um but my life transformed y'all like in in a blink of an eye uh I was on staff at a conference of you know for young adults like there is no way that that was me doing that it was god um I don't enjoy the same things that I used to anymore. I don't enjoy drinking anymore. I don't enjoy um, going out um, and going to the clubs and getting wasted. My whole friend group changed. Um, I don't hang around the same people anymore. I don't do the same things. My mind is not on the same things anymore. Um, going, The thought of going to a strip club makes me want to just shrivel up into a million pieces and evaporate in thin air. Like, the things that I truly love to do now are not anywhere like how they were back then. Um, everything changed. The way I talk changed. Um, the way that I just am, my energy, my aura is just different. And I cannot take credit for that. I would be a fool if I would take credit for that. And, uh, now it's just different. Like I have a joy in my heart. I'm no longer depressed. I no longer seek attention. I no longer, feel the need to talk to any guys. <laughs> Actually, you know, I've, I've always prayed like, God, make it to where I don't like attention anymore and help me, you know, want and crave attention from you and your guidance more than anything. And let me tell you, he probably uh, granted my prayer more than I wanted to because now zero desire to talk to any guys because I have to get right, you know, with myself if I want to, you know, get right to be a wife um, for my potential husband. So, it's just weird how he grants things like that, y'all. And it's just like, wow, my whole life has changed. And ever since then, God has had my back 24 seven. Um, he has put me in positions that has saved me. And even though like, you know, within the past year or so, I've made some pretty bad choices, but the difference is, is that now that when I make a bad choice, he's there and he picks up the slack and he puts me in a position to where I don't have to worry about the repercussions of bad choices anymore because I depend on him. So it's just so wild to me how things have changed. Like my social media has changed. I don't post pictures of my body anymore. And uh, it's not because I have a terrible body because I would say that I have a a good body, but I don't feel the need to show it anymore. I don't feel the need to show it off. I don't feel the need to uh, please anybody. I don't have to please anybody um, but God. If I have have God's, uh, you know, approval and all of that, I don't really care about anything else. And Man, it's just like pure joy, 
uh, that I wake up with. And there are moments where I feel sad, but for the most part, I wake up and I'm just like overjoyed with life and what he has done for me. And it's just like wild. And uh, because of that, um, because of how many things he's changed in my heart, uh, the things that come out of my mouth and the conversations I have with people are different. So um, I've been kind of slacking on sharing the gospel lately because, you know, we've been stuck in quarantine. But I remember I would just be at restaurants and I would turn around and people and be like, hey, like, how are you? Like, do you have a faith? Um, or I would just go to, I would, when I started dating my ex-boyfriend, actually, we would go to this same little bar, um, in Burleson. And the, the first, you know, few times I would go in there, I would see these people that I had no idea who they were. And I would introduce myself and be like, Hey, like I'm Kristen. Um, and they'd be like, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And somehow I would steer the conversation into talking about Jesus <laughs> at a bar don't really care. Um, it's just wild. And it's just, I'm smiling like from ear to ear right now. Cause it's just like, now that I can actually say these things back out loud and reflect on the things that he's done, I'm like, what the heck? Like, God, I see you. Um, so anyway, like obviously there is so much more that I can probably share, but I just wanted to kind of, uh, condense it in a way that it's not so long, but man, there are so many other great things that he's done for me. And, uh, I can't say enough great things about the path and the journey that you could potentially be on if you just take the step in the right direction. And it's been like, ugh, it's been so amazing. So, um, yeah, this episode really, I know it's, it's coming, it's probably going to be an hour long, but I hope that you have found some um, encouragement in this. And this is definitely not going to be the last conversation that I have about the ways that my life has changed because it's not going to be. Um, but yeah, it's been so awesome. I hope that you found this episode well and that you, you know, smiled along with me and just kind of been amazed. And if you're a believer, I hope that this kind of just stirred your affection for him even more. Um, if you're not a believer, I hope that maybe this kind of like had your wills turn in just like how mine have been turned. Um, but I want to tell the people who are active believers right now that, um, just from all the way back from the beginning of the story, like my cousin's friend, um, even if you just share a little bit, you planted a seed. So even though you might not see the person that you share the gospel with, like completely transition, you planted a seed in them. And, you know, one day I believe truly that every time that we planted a seed, we're going to meet those people in heaven one day. And we're going to be like, oh my gosh, like what? You Like I planted the seed for you and then you blossomed up like that. Like, no way. Like it's so good to see you. So just keep planting seeds everywhere you go, because I'm telling you, if you just get someone's wheels turning and they start to get curious, great things start happening, y'all. So keep planting seeds, be bold in your faith. And you might be going through something right now, like something right now that maybe you're depressed, like maybe you're just not in a good season of your life. Like you're sad, you're depressed because of all this, or maybe because you can't pay your bills or whatever. But I encourage you to somehow spread light some way in a way that like people start questioning, like how can someone be so joyful in such a bad situation? Have people start questioning why you're so joyful all the time. Like, why are you the way that you are? Keep going, keep planting seeds. I'm telling you, just because you can't see it blossom and, and bloom, you will one day. So again, I really hope that you found this episode well. Uh, man, I'm in a better mood now that I've shared and um, I hope that you liked it and I hope that you'll have a really, really great rest of your week. Um, I know that um, hopefully start, starting soon, life will get back to normal and maybe we will be able to congregate in churches again and be able to worship. And man, the first church session that we're able to go back to, the worship's going to be freaking epic. Like, let me tell you. Um, so yeah, have a really, really great week, you guys. And until next week, you know, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Love you guys. Thank you.